This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Lorenzo's Pizza. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty, the number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 55. In this episode, we talked to Jed Ryan. Jed played Stephen Corrin in the season eight Seinfeld episode, The Van Buren Boys. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, pass it on. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Subscribe on YouTube. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 55, Jed Ryan. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans is episode 55. Our guest tonight is producer who began his career in the entertainment business as an actor at age five with over hundred national commercials, film and television credits to his name, including Webster coach and Felicity. He's produced multiple feature films, including the outside and falling overnight. He's also produced several music videos, including Incubus, Rush and Rihanna. And above all else, and why he's here with us tonight, he played Stephen Curran in the season eight classic Seinfeld episode, The Van Buren Boys. Please welcome Jed Ryan. Jed, thanks for joining, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take a little trip down memory lane, I guess. Yeah, let's do it. So speaking of memory lane, let's, yeah, let's go back to 1997. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you did a lot of acting. We mentioned Webster as a, one of my favorite shows back in the day. But, but <laughs> Sorry to hear that. But take us back to 97. Um, how did the part of Stephen Corn come about? Did you, did you audition? Um, yeah, your agent called you. Tell us a little bit about how the Yeah, out. so um, yeah, it's actually, it's kind of a funny story, actually. So um, yeah, so I got this, uh, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to totally uh, be completely straight. So I had really never watched an episode of Seinfeld to the point when I was auditioning for this. It was the number one show in America. I knew that. I'd heard of it, obviously, but I just never really watched it at that point. So I didn't watch a lot of sitcom at that time, even though I, I worked, a, I did a lot of guest stars on sitcoms. So it wasn't even my thing, like as an actor to even try to like, catch the cadence of like the comedy I didn't I didn't like doing that I always authentically tried to bring a, a part of me to it and you know if it ended up booking roles I booked roles and if not so I, I wasn't trying to like fit into some mold so I really knew very little about the show except for that I knew it was a show about nothing pretty much interesting so I got this uh this audition and it was a straight to producer session and for the audience that's listening a, a straight to producer session just means that you're skipping um, the original audition, which is like with the casting director. And then if a casting director thinks that you are potentially right for a part, they bring you into a producer session. So this was straight to a producer session. So I knew it was like this and, you know, I was either probably going to get booked or, you know, whatever. Right. So um, the funny thing was, so when I, when I walked into a room, usually I would, I'd walk in and I had a thing about, you know, being, you know, personable, like, you know, shaking people's hands, looking people in the eye just like, you right. know, saying what's up. And I remember the casting director, it was Jeff, um, was it Jeff Greenberg or Jeff Greenfield? I can't, I can't remember his last name. Hirschfeld? 
Yes. Okay. So when I walked into the room, I turned and I saw Jeff sitting there. He was sitting right there. And I had, I had read with him many times in the past. I think it's Mark Hirschfeld. Mark. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. It's been a long time. Oh, of I course, I, yeah. We talked to a lot of uh, guest stars on Seinfeld. So we know we, we hear about Mark a lot. For sure. I also have been outside of the acting game like that for quite some time. Right, so right. I, you know, I, whatever. So I'd walked in the room and I saw him sitting there and I turned to shake his hand and I looked up and I saw a sea of people, including Jerry sitting right in the middle of the room and that was really abnormal like to see him participating in a producer session for a lead guest star on a show is really not normal for a guy like him he he usually at that point we're in the ninth season i think like he doesn't sh- eight, it's yeah. just, it, it it took me eight yeah it took yeah. me it took me aback for a second yeah he has his hand at everything that's the thing man that's what we're hearing from yeah he's he's, right so i went you know he really was a part of every probably decision made on that show which is a big reason why that show was such a successful you know such a big hit so i was i was shaking mark's hand and i looked up and i see jerry sitting over there and i see all these other people and i literally froze and i felt that moment of awkward like I can't fucking shake all these people's hands. There was like 20 people. The whole writing staff was in there. I mean, it was like, it was almost like, what the fuck? Like I've been in so many producer sessions in my life and I've never seen so many people, including the star and creator of the show sitting in the room. (laughs) And I stopped and I looked and I just went like, like this. And everybody starts laughing. (laughs) Everybody starts laughing. You do that laugh in the seed. You do that wave in the seed. Yes. When you walk into Wix office. And it was not even a, it was one of those things where, you know, this thing, this role, I guess, was kind of a meant to be situation. Not knowing any of Jason Alexander, George's mannerisms, the character on the show. They basically, I found out later that what I did is exactly what George would have done exactly what george would have done same (laughs) awkwardness same you know kind of thing and i i wasn't even thinking about it i literally was having a real moment like going fuck i can't shake all these people's hands like so anyway so they all start laughing and i'm like why are they laughing and from that point it was just kind of a it was like like in the palm of my hand i could not i could not screw it up i just could not screw it up so jed how so 1997 how old were you then when you got that part 20 24 24 yeah wait 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 you said it was 97 yeah, yeah. 97 20 i was 20 all right so yeah we're around the same uh same age so it's funny you knew like you didn't watch the show but you kind of knew the presence and you knew who jerry seinfeld was clearly I, of course no no i knew who yeah. they all were right i right. mean like these these guys were all like their household at that point you know so and I, it's not that I, I i i had seen the show it wasn't that i but i just did not watch it like regularly i'd caught glimpses of it but you know yeah so you know, yeah yeah and you were like i said we're kind of this we're right around the same age and we got into it when we were probably around like 11 or 12 when it started on wednesday nights and just you know it was an adult show but we it it resonated with them in whatever capacity so mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, that's really interesting that, that you kind of cut the line, if you will, went right to the, uh, the, the producer's, um, 
cut, like you said. So, so those guys are in the room. Did you do, did you have to do a reading? Like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I, I had to do, if I remember right, I think we did it. We did a, I think two of the scenes, you know, but as you guys, like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you another story about this. So when this originally, when I booked this, um, it was supposed to be five episodes. So what the whole thing behind oh, wow. was George, George was going to adopt me. So that's how this kind of started. What? Really? Yes. Adopt George, me? Yes. So you went George, in thinking you were going to do five, you might, this part might be for five episodes. They didn't, they didn't, contra- they didn't contract me for five. Okay. But, but they were talking the idea was, is that they were talking that it was going to be reoccurring. Oh, wow. So, and that George was going to adopt me and <laughs> I was going to become, I was going to become his son. So, but the thing was, what was interesting, and this is kind of a little inside dirt, I guess, if you want to say. Um, so at that time, they were in big, big contract negotiation. So all, all, everyone on the show, I think they were negotiating for like million dollar an episode at that point. Yeah. And what I had heard was, is that some, and I don't know who, but they were really sick of these guest stars that were coming on the show and getting a lot of notoriety on the show, you know, that this was, I mean, you had the soup Nazi, you had Elaine's boyfriend. I mean, this kept happening. Elaine's boss, John Peterson or uh, whatever, he was in my episode too, yeah, but this Peterman. was happening a lot. So what I had heard was, is it got the kibosh got kind of put on it because they were, they were trying not to have too much more of this and if you notice in i think the season nine and the last one they didn't do a lot of introduction of characters in that way if i remember right it's interesting yeah and i think the beauty and the the brilliance of the show and you just touched on it was to let the guest star shine um yeah we had john o'harley on from yeah the van buren boys and he was awesome he, oh. he, he yeah was awesome. it was he was great in your oh, episode lane it's just a place to flop <laughs> that's a great lot so that, that i never forget i never forget i never forget his just his way man he was a funny right. dude so funny that's dude. interesting so we were that's one thing i wanted to ask you since now we're talking about it so all of your scenes were with george as far as the main four go but from what we've heard from the guest stars you're pretty much on the set all week and able to kind of yeah. watch everything so curious what you picked up on um you know the scenes you weren't in maybe with, with like you said with with peterman or with kramer or jerry or elena or, you know that yeah, you weren't you know, in, it maybe. was well you know what was funny about that show in particular is that so the fans are rabid like there is out of all the the guest stars i did on different sitcoms and shows i had never seen an audience so ready to laugh genuinely um, you know, and this is live taping with live audience. And it was it was really actually an amazing experience. To this day, it's probably my favorite, um, not because of the success of the show, not because, you know, the you know, there was a lot of people that watched it. And still to this day, I mean, look, at, I'm sitting here with you guys. So it's like kind of a funny thing. Most jobs are not like that. You know, they kind <laughs> of, you know, they don't they don't stick around. Like Seinfeld is like, it's, it's, an, it's just a, it's its own thing. So you know, when I was watching other people do their thing, first of all, the the rapport that they were all so cool. Like, I remember, like, you know, some were, were way, like, like Jason was so, so gracious. Like, he, you know, he came out and I remember he was like sitting with um, some of the other kids that had one-liners and, you know, that were, were not as, had as big of a part on the show. 
he would be out talking to people and just, and that, you know, not to say that there are, are people in our business that are like that, but he was really uh, just a, a class act. And like, he would, he was telling stories about Broadway and, the, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, he was just a very um, gregarious, good dude. And I, I'll never forget that. Um, he made, he made me feel extremely comfortable and just, um, they all like even Jerry, they all made, made me in particular feel so welcomed and so part of their process and gave me a freedom to, to do what I did. Um, which is, is really cool. Um, yeah. Watching other scenes and just kind of seeing this show that I wasn't so familiar with, but I, I got it. And you know, the funny thing I didn't say, like before I had auditioned, I'll tell you guys, like, so when I read the material, not being so familiar with this show, I read it and I was like, what's the deal with this? Like, this is the number <laughs> one show in America. Like, <laughs> like, this is not funny. Like, this is not funny because on paper, it's not, it's not funny. It's not about what's on the paper. It's about those four characters. And what those four characters brought to that show is what demanded it being probably, it is the most successful show in the history of television because of them. And once I saw how the tone and what they were like, I got the humor immediately. I got the rhythm of it immediately. Like it was almost like it was, I just gelled because it, it fit in my um, keeping it real style of what I did. You know, like it was not like that was like that was not coming on and being like gummying over the top. It was like you come on, you be yourself. And that's kind of how they were, too. They were I think they were all kind of playing versions of them, you know, to, to a degree. Yeah. yeah. Where um, where'd you grow up, Jed? I'm just curious. I'm, I'm born and raised in L.A. You're an L.A. guy. So this aired in 90s, February of uh, of 97. Like, how did you know, your family, your friend, how did everyone react after this show aired? I mean, your life must have, must have dramatically changed, well, right? It's one show on television. No, you know what? You know, no, the truth is no. My life did not drastically change. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I had been doing this since um, pretty much I can remember. And, you know, the thing that I, for me, and it's just my own personal thing, you know, my, I had family that was big fans. Like my brother was a big fan of the show. My sister probably could have cared less. I mean, seriously, she probably could have cared less. She, I don't even know if she ever watched the show, but you know, my brother still to this day, he still calls me every time he, you know, not every time, but when there's a rerun on, he's like, your reruns on. I mean, this is the, <laughs> one of the craziest rerun episodes of all the shows. Like, I can't tell you, like, this is crazy that it's still going to this day. Like, to a degree that it is, is pretty insane. But my my brother, I think were, and I had friends that were, a lot of people obviously knew about the show. So there were a lot of people that were, they were stoked. I mean, like, they were like, dude, this is so amazing. And to me, it was a job, you know, like I, I was a, I was a professional at this. So, you know, I take them all in stride. I can't let it like, you know, it, it almost surprises me to this day, actually, when people like recite my lines to me from the show like and they're like and I look a lot different than I did when I did the show I was just coming off of a movie where um I was playing a young Timothy Busfield 
So they dyed my hair, you know, and like, I had like this reddish kind of hair going on. They put, I don't wear glasses. They put, they wanted me to look more like George. So they put glasses on me. So the idea in the beginning really was that they wanted me to look more like him, you know, and be more like him because he was going to adopt me. And I was going to be like the perfect puppet, George puppet, basically. So. Yeah, the glasses were the exact same glasses that George wore. Exactly. Exactly. So the whole the whole adoption piece, circling back to that, like, was that ever like was that in the original script and they they took it out because no, no, it was it was really what my agents had told me is that they that this was looking at like a this was like a five episode deal and potentially could have been more, um, but it it just didn't go that way, which was totally okay. I had such a amazing time just doing this one it was really an experience as an actor like there, there actually was never a job that was quite like this really quite like this the uh this you know your scenes obviously are, are amazing when you when you when when uh when you make up the chess player and then you kind of just mumble it under, under your lips and right. things like that curious like uh you know we talked to other other guest stars some of them said they they kind of went off script and they got to ad lib a little bit others said that they stuck to it because it was written so well um, just kind of curious, your, your play with George there, some of those scenes you had were just, uh, you know, how they went and was there any type of ad lib going on there and, and, and sort of, uh, you know, that was scripted. So that was completely scripted. My, my, my delivery of the, no, no, yeah, yeah. that thing was, um, that was a choice. <laughs> I, that was a choice I made, um, from the, from the audition. I had made that choice from the audition. Don't ask me why. I don't know. It just made sense to me at the time because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. Like, right, right. Character doesn't know what he's talking about. What's that? What did you actually say? The real. It's a real person. Masterkoff is the name. It's. I think he's a real chess player. I think. I actually have never confirmed this to this day, but I (laughs) I think that that Masterkoff is was a real. Russian chess player because he asked me who's your favorite chess player and so I think that like I think it's a real person but I thought it would be funny if I just made it inaudible like basically you know like some something that sounded but it was written like that and I think it probably had some degree of action to it that said you know um coughing or or something like because he didn't want to get you know flying here to try to get the scholarship so that's george you're doing george basically like you said you're basically doing george at that point um so uh it just made me think of something when you're doing that when you're saying that um oh so another great line is um george says it but about you you know solid c student not showing off not lagging behind um that was that always that always got me i'm assuming that's what you i'm not assuming i guess i'm asking you know to get into that character's mind of like you said he's lying he's trying to get this scholarship he's not he's no reason to be there everyone else before him is all these credentials and he walks in like is that what did you like stick with like how did you picture this guy steve corn as as an act like when you were going into the role is it just like well it was you know i i knew that it, it was like it was a front you know, like it was, it was to play this thing like a real manipulator, basically trying to get this scholarship is all it really was. So, you know, I didn't, it, not a lot of thought. It just, you know, it played so easily into like this 
representation of like kind of nerdy, which is not really my personality at all, but kind of like a little like, you know, not a little awkward, a little uncomfortable, but you see like what was interesting, like when I did the uh, boardroom scene with, um, uh, oh my God, I'm forgetting his name. He's great. Uh, um, Wick. Yes, but what what's his Oh, Davison, I think, James? Yes, yes, yeah, yes, Davison. yes. So when I did that scene, you see the more, like, the more of me, which is a little more gregarious, a little more, like, confident, Yeah, you know, like, over City planner. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, city, like, I'm, like, I, I, you know, let me tell you, you know, like, all of a sudden, that's when the switch happened, where Jason's character was, like, <laughs> waiting, <a minute>, like, <laughs> you know. Right. And prior to that, you were just, it was so natural. Like you were just a typical 20 year old kid who who, like kind of got like caught in a candy jar and he's like, Oh, I didn't mean it. You know? So. Right. Just incredible delivery on on, on both sides of that. And obviously you were so distraught. You joined the Van Buren gang. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering, were there any um, deleted scenes we didn't see that, that happened? Like maybe a little more your own boys or everything no, nothing nothing got cut nothing got cut that that we did nothing wow and that was uh i mean that was a full um full packed like guest star right we had oh um, yeah this, the, yeah the the seinfelds morty obviously um, I, I think it was like five five scenes which is uh, for a guest star on a show that typically that's that's a lot that's christine a lot. Christine Taylor yeah. also on the show. Yeah, like, Christine you, Taylor. Yes, you interact yes. with all those guys, John O'Hurley, like during the during the week. Well, I'm sorry, say that again. Did you interact with like Christine yeah. Taylor, John O'Hurley? Yeah. yeah, she was so she was so nice. I I mean, obviously, she probably wouldn't remember me. I remember because she's drop dead gorgeous, and I was 20 years old, so I was like, <laughs> oh, you know, like no, no, really, I, really I just crazy. I just read an article. She said her first crush was um, was Jed. Yeah, you know what? I heard that. <laughs> no, no, um, too much of a too much of a wimp to make a move. So you know, Ben he he slid in there. Ben, yeah. Know, well, I guess speaking of that, did you honestly? Did you like after that appearance? Did you get more uh, more ladies, or was the was the demo older of the Seinfeld crowd? Well, I. I ended up uh, soon after that. I was in a relationship for a long time, but no, I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't, think, I don't, I don't, I don't know if uh, let, we should ask Jason that question. Do you get more? <laughs> Your character's name, Stephen Corn. That's a Seinfeld writer. They do that a lot. It we is. Talk, yeah, we talked to Joe Mayo and Lloyd Braun and stuff. Did Did you? I mean, they just used the name, I'm assuming, or did, was there anything there where it was connected to maybe he was an overachiever or anything like that? Or did you? No, I don't, you know what? Like that? I don't know. He wrote, he wrote that episode, I believe. I don't know if he wrote did that he, episode. He was, yeah, he was part of, he was, he was part of the writing set for that episode. Yeah, No, sure. I know he was part of, I, I thought I remember that he, well, obviously he probably never got, I think he was predominant i don't know why they decided to use his name in that one i remember meeting him though but there was no i don't know he looked a little um i don't want to say he looked preppy nerd i mean i i vaguely remember him i and i just remember a big smile while he was watching you know it's just funny i'm sure to watch someone playing this character that's your full name nonetheless but you know but um it's funny like another reason like you really stand out is you know 
over the nine years, like you were probably one of the youngest guest stars. They had a couple like child actors for sure, but like in that like 20 year old range, like it was pretty rare. So like, yeah, you really, you really stood out. It would have been really funny. It's that's a great in insight that you gave us that potentially you were going to be adopted by George. I, I, could only I mean, that would have been, that could have been even for career standpoint, that would have, I mean, look, I'm so grateful for the career I had and, you know, I, I did it for 26 years. So, and then when I went to the other side, that was a choice. I, I, and we won't, we don't need to get into the, to the depth of all that stuff, but, um, up to you, you know, man. it definitely would have been a, um, I mean, well, shit, one episode on this show and it's like, here we are. You're still getting residuals, right? Later, still talking about it. Yeah. It's like, like, wow, in a way. Yeah, I mean, it's Somewhere. it's got to be incredible. It's totally up to you, man. But I, I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I know you said you started when you were like five years old acting, and you know we've heard we've heard the good and the bad with child actors. It sounds like you mm -hmm. know you you from what it seems like you had the good part. I mean, that uh, it doesn't sound like there's too much going on there. I mean, it's up to you. Is there anything? It sounds like you got out of it just to just to go on the other side, or was nothing? Yeah, you know. As as well, I mean, look in all in all honesty. Um, it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting line of work, especially you know as a, as a kid. you know it's funny like I've changed my tune throughout the years because I've had you know a lot of parents or you know friends and have asked like, can you help my kid get into this like and I used to be kind of that guy to be like, you sure you want to do that like because, you know, let me, let me, I'll just be straight. Like there is definitely some pros and there are definitely some cons. Right. Um, you know, for a kid like me um, who kind of came out of the womb, very, um, let's just say uh, very gregarious and precocious and like very uh, verbal at a very young age and sharp and knew what was going on around him and very aware that he was doing a job. Um, at a very young age, my mom tells the story that, um, and I don't really remember this quite well, but I guess on my first commercial that I did when I was four, I think I was four years old, um, I walked up to the director and I asked him, am I going to get paid cash or check? <laughs> and I re and, and, my, and the way the story gets told is that the guy put his arm around me and he said, I fucking love this kid. Like, so it was like, but I was not joking. I was not coming to try to play around. I was like, pay me my money like right. it was like you know and that's not really normal for for a four-year-old like but I knew I was aware like it was weird like this wasn't fantasy land to me like in, a, in some strange way but not to get too long-winded about it but um you know it's it, it's a tough road I, and I'm so I'm so grateful today that um, for all the experiences in my life, the good, the bad, and everything in between, for sure. Like, it molded me into who I am today. I wouldn't change one thing in my life. But kids are really impressionable. And um, the attention and then turns into attention seeking. You know, you can't help but at a really young age when everyone is telling you how talented and patting you on the back and you're so funny and you're so cute and you hear this stuff all the time you have a lack of self-care mm. there's just a lack of self-care so a lot of um your esteem comes through other people and that is not a healthy thing 
Um, you know, so then it turns into big ego, low self-esteem and, and that's a, a, a recipe for right. um, some real shit. It's a recipe yeah, yeah. for some real shit. So what was the, but, yeah. so what was the flip, right? I know you did a lot of stuff. Like what's the connection with Freddie Prinze? I know you did a lot of like stuff with him. Like, and oh, what, yeah. what made you just pivot out of the business? Was it just a call out, of, out of in front of the camera? Yeah. Well, you know, Freddie was one of my best friends for, for a really long time. Um, oh, we, wow. we were very, very close friends. Yeah. So um, we knew each other before Freddie had um, even worked, really. Um, I met him when he first came out to LA. He was 19 and I was 18. So, and I also, I never took an acting class until I was 18 years old. Um, I, I was, I don't want to say I was self-taught, but I was molded to uh, take direction. Um, so they told me what to do and I just did it. So, um, and I met Freddie when he came out and obviously he had, you know, quite the career pretty quickly when he came to LA. So we just became really close friends, um, through our, through a class and, um, and we ended up, you know, working together, uh, a little bit, um, you know, later, later on in his career, I'd say. Um, but yeah, the, the flip happened, interestingly enough, it actually happened when I was doing summer catch. Um, so not get to get into the, to the whole thing. It's not, it's not really that important, but, um, there was a guy, his name was Rob Gorelnik. Um, Rob Gorelnik was, uh, a, a big executive at Warner brothers. And I remember him coming out to North Carolina when we were shooting and Rob and I connected long story short, we connected and we both golfed. Um, I was a competitive golfer. Um, you know, that was, a, a when I, when I was like 19, I started playing golf late. I was a baseball player all through high school. And, you know, I was really good baseball player, always in sports my whole life. Sports were probably more important to me than acting was. It's probably why I had a good career because I really did not care in some ways. Like I'd rather be hanging out with my friends and, you know, playing ball. And, you know, I was just kind of a normal kid in some ways, um, but not so normal in other ways. Hmm. But um, yeah, so um, Rob and I connected through golf and, um, Rob opened the door to me. Um, it was interesting. Like I never, uh, I never really thought about producing at that point. And Rob kind of said to me through, I won't repeat exactly what he said, but <laughs> he said something to me that got my eyes open and he, uh, and gave me an invitation to bring material to him, which were scripts. And I knew a lot of writers. I knew a lot of people. I'd been around this my whole life and it kind of made sense. And I was like, Oh, you know, well, I could do that. Like, you know, so but I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Mm. You know, I, I was not an agent. There are lots of different kinds of producers. And I found out that I am not the kind of producer that's a middleman producer. I, I, you know, being an artist pretty much my whole life um, and being creative, like it just did not, it didn't sit well. We had, I had stuff stolen from underneath me and we had lots of projects that were very close and then dumb stuff would happen. And, you know, just, it was really a, a shit show. Like to <laughs> say the least, it was a shit show. But I got this introduction through that. And um, what ended up happening was um, I had gotten to a point, I think I was about 29 and I, I wanted to like make something. I wanted to, I wanted to go, this is what I produced. Watch this. This is mm. what I did. And, you know, I, I, I kind of felt like the way to get there, my, one of my best friends, um, his name's Conrad Jackson. Um, and Conrad and Freddie and I were all really close friends. 
And that's how I met Conrad originally. And Conrad is still one of my best friends to this day. And we, we, uh, we partnered up. But what ended up happening, which was really interesting, you know, Conrad is an amazing guy. Um, he was at Loyola Marymount um, University in film school. He had already sold The Freddy Show as a creator while he was in college. And um, he basically said to me, you know, he's like, you know, and he probably manipulated me to a degree, but I willing, I was a willing participant because he had to do his senior thesis. And I would have, we've been talking about, you know, making stuff and doing stuff. And he said, why don't you produce my senior thesis? I have to do this short film. And of course he didn't want to do the work. If you knew this guy, <laughs> you would, he's the best. But he didn't want to do the work the producer has to do. He wanted to show up and he wanted to direct the thing. That's what he wanted to do. And you know what? It was fine. That's the way our business works. Yeah. Some people show up to do certain things. Some other people show up to do other things. So I showed up as a producer. I basically got to go to film school without going to film school in ah, a sense. Yeah, nice. We found, we found a project that we thought was really interesting. It was written by a guy named is Ricardo Acuna. Um, it was a, a short film that was derived from poetry. Um, he was a Charles Bukowski avid fan. So he wrote this like short film that was inspired by Charles Bukowski poetry. I put one of my friends who was a celebrity in it and another girl who was a very successful dancer. So we kind of put this little thing together and we made it through the school um, and we ended up making this thing for a nominal amount of money and probably would have cost at that time, probably 50 grand to make something that we made for next to nothing. And um, that thing got accepted into festivals all around the world. Um, and that was the plan. It wasn't by surprise. It was by design that we knew that we were going to make something really artistic. It was a noir film and it was black and white shot in film. Um, and it was a no, it was no dialogue in this piece. So we did something really oh, wow. kind of weird, weird, artistic. It was called LA Noir. Um, and, you know, that was the idea. Like we we're going to do something really kind of offbeat and not normal and go to the film festival route with it. And then six months after the the film was done and it was winning awards and, it was crazy. It was actually really crazy. It won the PBS Audience Award, which was a really prestigious award at that time for independent short film. There's no short film doesn't really go very far, um, especially this was, you know, 15 years ago, mm. um, 14, 14 years ago. But um, yeah, so it got this like kind of um, this little piece of steam on the, on the circuit. And we I traveled with it you know, Boston, New York. Um, I mean, we, I went to almost, God, I went to half the states in the country, you know, I got to see the country a little bit more and got to kind of show our piece. Six, I got hired for my first feature film six months after that run through the festival circuit. I got hired to oversee a film. I did not know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I really was trial by fire and I made my first feature film. That's awesome. Wow. That's, that was it, Jed. Just you're on the wow. set. Jessica Beals in one corner and all of a sudden you're having a conversation with a guy and it, it changed your life. Yeah. Well, kinda, kinda. I mean, well, kinda. Oh, by the way, by the way, let me tell you what my introduction to summer catch was. I yeah. got off the plane and I knew, you know, and Freddie, obviously we were really close friends and he had been there for about a week already. And I showed up to set. I went on to set while Jessica Beal was doing the pool scene. So Freddie was like, dude, you, you should come down here. Like, and I was like, you know, like this is straight from the plane before I even went to where we were staying. And I come on set and they're doing like the slow-mo, her getting out of the pool in the bikini. And I'm like, <laughs> hell of a movie. Hell of a movie. She was, aw she was awesome, by the way. So one of the nicest, so sweet. Like I so sweet. I haven't seen her in a long time, but she was she was awesome. 
Awesome. So, so any regrets? I mean, you ever get the itch? Like, let's say if you know Larry David called and said, "Let's do Curb," like, <laughs> you do it? It's a good question. You know, I've I've actually really uh, the word "no" is a, a quite a powerful word for for yeah. in some ways, um, and I've turned down uh, going back in front of the camera quite a few times. I've been only twice by necessity um we had to fire somebody on a feature that i did two years ago and uh, i had to i literally had no choice but to jump in in this person's place um we had to literally fire him off set at that oh, wow. time which was public there's some there is public thing so i'm not like saying anything that's not and it was mm -hmm. somebody who was known but um but yeah so i had to jump in i was i did i was in monster makeup you know it was like i i was not credited in the film i did not want to be credited in the film. Um, but, you know, if he called, I don't think I'm going to say no to Larry David, though. <laughs> we picked the one person that you're going to say yes to. Probably. I don't, I think that was a pretty good, that was, that was pretty good. If, if I do some curb. He's a big golfer too, Jen. So there, there might I be. Play, an... I played with him. Really? You have? He didn't even know, he didn't even know who I was. It was so after, he wasn't after, there. Yeah, he wasn't there in season no, eight. No, he wasn't there anymore. So what did, how did the golf go? Larry, he is exactly what he portrays on television. Pretty much. Pretty much. Who who shot better? Me. <laughs> Me at that time. But you know, he was also just starting at that time. We played at Riviera, which is epic golf course. My favorite, my favorite. My favorite of, of every golf course in the world. And he, uh, we've heard stories about him on the golf course where he's taken notes throughout the throughout the round, ended up maybe possibly using on curve, because like, just things happen. This was long like before. Oh, he was, was before he, curve? I think they just made a couple hundred million, like selling <laughs> Seinfeld. Like he was not doing shit at that time. He was, right. he, he was like the guy that a lot of people actually didn't really know about. Like, because yeah, he had left the show true. a couple of years. I mean, he kind of was one of those guys that was, he really Until was. Curb, he was kind of under the radar a little oh, yeah. bit. Because yeah. well, yeah. now he became, he became a, like, a known entity. I mean, people knew right. who the guy was. But, you know, Jerry got, I think. But not that, out in public walking around the streets. The, the average no, person wouldn't know Larry at that time. No, I, I knew who he was because he had showed up um, on my taping. He actually was there. Really? But when we were, when we were playing, he did not. For one second, knew who I was. Did you say, "Hey, I played, I played Stephen Corn"? You didn't even bring it up. No, I was there to play golf. Who else is in the foursome? Rob, my my buddy Rob. Oh, Rob got, yeah. me, got me started in 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 my producing career. And um, Gary, the guy, he used to run Warner Brothers Music. Um, Gary something, I can't remember his his last name. He actually passed away. I think I think he passed away of cancer not that long ago. Uh, mm. can't remember his last name though nice nice guy man such a well, nice guy liar was on the set for your taping of the van buren boys i remember seeing him there i don't remember if he was there for the actual live he's there for taping. one of the days you were there yeah sure. he popped in he popped in you're not the first i think the second or the third one to tell a guest star to tell us after season seven that liar was on the set i never yeah, that. I remember seeing him, and I, maybe I'm hoping it's not a figment of my imagination. Twenty plus years later, well, like I said, we've I heard he's been. Could on have sworn set. that he was there, yeah. like uh, just stop a stop by. I don't think that they had a. 
I don't think they had a falling out. No, no, not from what we've, no, not from Yeah, not, not that I've ever heard or gathered. You know, I think right. he just was kind of done. Like he right. was, he felt like the show had run its course, I think. Like, you kind of agree with him. You know, <laughs> I mean, listen. More, uh, earlier seasons than later seasons. You know, there's a, I've heard a lot of fans say that, you know, that last season was not the fav- their favorite. Yeah, but it's, it's reached favorite. her own, really. But that's the beauty of the show. And it's guest stars like you, man, that really uh, made the show what it was in our minds. Oh. So, you know, well, thanks again. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, Stephen uh, Corrin lives, baby. Yes. <laughs> Thank Jed, you so much, uh, Jed, man. This was awesome. Yeah, this was fun, guys. I, yeah, it was really... surprised to me when you guys had asked and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? We'll go talk about the show. <laughs> yeah, fans want to hear, man. This is gonna this is gonna be a big one, man. The fans want to hear it. This is gonna be a good one. I'm very happy you can come on. The <laughs> <laughs> dog is awesome cool. too, by the way. Thanks for uh yeah, he's just he's alive, by the way, everyone. Just just <laughs> to let everyone know he's alive. <laughs> And just thanks for all your insight into like you know what it took to get you there as a child actor and what you're doing now. It's uh, a testament to you. So yeah. carry on. And all you people, I'll just say this: like anybody out there aspiring, wanting, dreaming, you just fo- just follow them and and go f- go for the gold. You know what I mean? Don't don't. There's no reason, even as a kid, if this ends up in your where you're where you're trying to go, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and it all works out for the best. You know, follow your dreams follow the inspiration, you know, live life fully, love your life. You know what I'm saying? Awesome, Jed. Thank you so much, man. Yeah, well guys. Said. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Jed. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate it. All right, later. Take good care. You too. Bye.